Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. On today's show... Well, we take a look back at the 76ers game, and it didn't go great. Nana Edwards joins us here on the phone to talk about Michael Jordan stepping in to mediate this disaster in New York. We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are locked on Hornets. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets, Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day whenever you need it. Today's episode is brought to you by Frame Warehouse. Get your next framing project done at Frame Warehouse. Visit framewarehouse.net to find the location nearest to you in Charlotte. Six locations to choose from. Uh, check them out, framewarehouse.net. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Doug, you know what the stuff of myth, what the stuff of legend is feeling like? <laughs> what? A, a good Hornets team, a good solid Hornets team. That we, I think, I think a lot of people would like that. Also, a special guest this morning, friend of the show. He lives up north now, but he's still sat online about Southern sports. Nada Edwards. Oh boys, this is this is the first time <laughs> we've done this this season. <laughs> this is the first time. I mean. Again, y'all don't call y'all. Well, you're busy. Like, I'm, Listen, you're uh, big time in it. Oh, look, I, I am busy occasionally. I do happen to work on a certain sports center at six o'clock nowadays. <laughs> so yeah, occasionally I, a certain center of sports. Yeah, exactly. A certain center of sports that, that happens to work that happens to go on at six o'clock. And they may have named it after a Drake album or maybe maybe not. Who knows? That's still up in the air. All I know is <laughs> I don't hear from you guys anymore. I thought That's y'all didn't not care. True. That's not true. Of course we care. It's valid. Listen, we, need something. we we invited you on the show on Valentine's Day. That means something. This is also true. This All is right. also true. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Head over to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, golf, fantasy sports. The NFL Draft Podcast is hot right now. People want to know information about the NFL Draft. It's the fastest-growing podcast network in the world. Okay, we've got a great show coming up. We're going to recap Another tough loss to the Philadelphia 76ers. We're also going to tell you about the giveaway game that's coming up in March. Plus, Michael Jordan steps in to mediate Oakley versus Dolan. I know that Nada has some thoughts on that. But first, we go to a trade the Hornets made. Uh, We think uh, this is a trade. Hornets trade a heavily, I guess by definition, it is technically a trade. The Hornets dealing a heavily protected 2017 second round pick to the Cleveland Cavaliers in exchange for injured center Chris Anderson and cash considerations. The Hornets subsequently released Anderson and signed center Mike Toby to a second 10-day contract. David, we'll start with you. Is this anything more than a bottom line deal for the Hornets or is it a 
I set up. Let me finish the question before you start laughing. Jesus. Is, or is this a setup for something else? Oh, stop it. This, you know, this reminds me of, this reminds me of like when you look on eBay and there's bags of air for sale from like Kanye, like Yeezy season two. I mean, oh, that's what Jesus. this is. No, I don't think there's anything else coming. I think this is it. So you, but just, this is it. Uh, you think they're going to, to hold the cards the rest of the way. We're trying to do every little bit we can for the Cavs right now. Um, everyone in the East should just be, you know, joining in and helping them get back to the finals. I guess. I mean, that's 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 that's. I'm joking, but no, I don't. I mean, I don't think they're setting. I doesn't feel like they're setting up for anything else. To me, uh, Nada, how do you feel about the optics of this situation? The Hornets in a trade that's meaningless to the roster, while the team struggles with the current players they have. I do think the optics of it are pretty bad. I, I'm not going to lie to you. It's a very bad because you know what they did? This is essentially th- that part in Moneyball where they deal a player and then they get the other team to guarantee like a, a month or two years right. worth of sodas in the machine. It's the same thing. <laughs> basically, what they did was they got, basically got the Cavs to pay for Ray McCallum and Mike Toby. That was it. They were too cheap to pay two 10-day contracts. So what they do is they got Cleveland to pay for it, basically by taking some trash on. But I mean, I mean, I get it. I understand times are hard. It's not like it's not like twenty four billion TV deal that that they signed. Oh, oh, wait, wait, yes, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, But this stuff happens. I mean, this stuff happens, right? I mean, it's it's kind of annoying, but like this is a thing that sometimes goes on. I think between GMs, right? It, It didn't do anything. Now, maybe who knows? Maybe it'll never pay off, but. It does happen. It's just not anything to get excited about. <laughs> In case anybody's wondering, <laughs> no, no, this is definitely not anything to get excited about. But at the same time, this doesn't surprise me that they did something along the lines of this. It's a shrewd move, and they'll probably curry some favor in terms of hey, it should right. we keep Rich around because he happened to save us money on this, and we all know how much this franchise loves saving money at times, but. This, yeah, yeah. This is this is more than just this is just little more than we got somebody else to foot the bill for Ray McCallum and Mike Toby for another ten days. All right. Well, the Hornets. <clears throat> what's that? What's that, David? Smart, smart move. That's all it is. Oh, not a yeah. Uh, so, um, Hornets were excited uh, to finish this road trip, hopefully with a victory against the Philadelphia 76ers, but it did not happen. The Hornets dropped their third straight game. And uh, this was a tough one, guys, uh, rebounding the story in this one. The Hornets lose 105-99. They get out-rebounded 42-30. to Only three offensive rebounds for the Hornets, who are sorely missing Cody Zeller's presence underneath. Nada, we'll start with you. What did you see? I saw a, a guy that made a guarantee against the team and didn't bother to back it up and then was told by TJ McConnell that he didn't back it up. And yeah, uh, there was lack of toughness. Bench didn't show up again outside of Jeremy Lamb. Let's see, lack of rebounding, the issues at center, Plumley possibly injured. Uh, Like, where do you start? This is just a riddle inside a conundrum, inside a, a New York Times crossword puzzle, elite level. I mean, honestly, this team is just so bad right now to where I'm. I'm honestly wondering, at some point, do we need to start having this discussion of, 
is it time to blow it up again? David, uh, Hornets Hornets lose 10 of 11. Uh, just in this particular game, uh, what did this one eventually come down to? Well, late in the game, I thought they just couldn't stop the Sixers from just driving right into the teeth of the air quotes defense. I mean, they were getting to the rim at ease. TJ McConnell was getting in there unchallenged. Um, you know, hard screens were being set on Kemba and nobody was there to rotate over, you know, once or twice. So, you know, this, Doug, you said it yesterday, they had to get out and match the Sixers' energy. They didn't. And they didn't. And that's been the story for all, th- all is it three of these games now? Three, yeah. All season? three games. Yes. Yep. Yeah, all three games. Because if you remember back in the first part of the season, this is when the Hornets were playing well, and they played at home to a Sixers team in the beginning of the season with no Joel Embiid, and they had to come back to win that game. And so this has been an issue for these two teams all year. And last night, you know, I'm sure we'll get into the presser a little bit with Clifford. But, uh, you know, guys, there were shots to be had. uh, There were shots to be taken. um, And they were just they couldn't make any shots. Kemba, thank God, bounced back. But, you know, you can't give up that much on the board and in the paint against anybody, right, in the NBA. And like we talked about, Embiid is kind of giving this team a jolt in the arm to help start playing well, and the Hornets cannot do anything right right now. I mean, at one point in that game, Doug, at the end of that game, you had to chuckle a little bit because literally they could not barely – they could barely advance the ball. Yeah. Yeah, well, there were, but you mentioned there were a couple of bright spots. Kimba Walker, 10 of 18 from the field, 29 points, 8 of 10 from the line. Uh, he didn't look tired. He didn't look tired, by the way. Jeremy Lamb, 4 of oh, 8, <laughs> 12 points. He was a spark off the bench. Hey, I got a question for you, Nada. I'm sure, you know, you're working up there in Bristol now. I'm sure you got you got some memorabilia. You have some swag lying around a little bit, maybe? A couple of things, yes, some jersey, I'm, some posters, maybe? Yes, but I'm not going to open them and and open the box on air. Well, listen when you when you do well, listen, Nada. When you do decide to enjoy life a little and and open those those great uh, pieces of memory, uh, you need to frame them. And and I've got a place when you come back to Charlotte. I'm going to send you over to Frame Warehouse because uh, they're the the number one place to get something framed here in Charlotte. We're proud to partner up with Frame Warehouse because they've been family-owned right here in the heart of Charlotte for over 35 years. They've been here longer than the Hornets. They have the guaranteed best price on every framing project. At Frame Warehouse, you can frame almost anything for next to nothing. If you can think of it, you can get it framed. Sports memorabilia, posters for your office, maybe your kid's bedroom, jerseys. They'll even cube up that signed football helmet you have lying around the house. The point is, don't wait. I know sometimes framing is something that you put off, and the reason you put it off is because I don't know, it's just it's, there's a lot of choices. Maybe it takes a lot of time. I don't know. Glass or no glass, what do I do? Well, let me tell you. Frame Warehouse has framing experts that are going to walk you through the process quickly. They're going to turn your project around even quicker and for a great price. Don't let your prized possessions go undisplayed. Talk to our buds over at Frame Warehouse at one of their six locations in Charlotte. Go to framewarehouse.net. You can scroll through all of the options, plus find a location near you. Tell them Locked On Hornets sent you by, and of course, go Hornets. Okay, let's get back to this game. Um, Turnover is a story in this game as well. 15 for the Hornets. We know the Sixers turn over the ball. That's something that they do. They play um, They play with a lot of excitement, and uh, they definitely uh, crash towards the rim on offense, so there's going to be some some turnovers for the Philadelphia 76ers, but you know the, the Hornets make their bones not turning the ball over. They have 15 turnovers, 
And and I think this is and this is a trend that I've seen over the past couple of games. It's not the the total number of turnovers, guys. It's the fact that nine of these turnovers were live ball turnovers, and they led to twenty two Philadelphia seventy sixers points. And if you look at the Sixers, they had nineteen turnovers, but only led to twenty five. So only three more points out of four more turnovers for the Hornets. And it's because not only are these live ball turnovers that are killing them, but they're what I call aft turnovers, above the free throw line turnovers. Um, and one of those in the second quarter, very egregious. Marco gets the ball poked away, and everyone just stared at it, rolling into the hands of a Sixers player, and then everyone got beat in transition. It was a defining play in my mind for that game that represented uh, turning the ball over above the free throw line, no energy, no physicality, no one running back. And, and, and to me, that sort of sums up where the Hornets are, are, are right now, David. They're struggling. They're looking for anything to go right, and they can't get anything to go their way. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they lose Plumlee in this game, too. I mean, you know, you can kind of roll your eyes at that, but that's just no Zeller, no Plumlee. There's just no depth there at the center. And then these guys are just – they are they are fighting. They're clawing their way out of a deep hole right now, and nothing is working. Not, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you're seeing. Like, for the second game in a, in a row, you're basically getting nothing out of MKG or Marvin on offense. Now, they've won – with that being the case before, but they can't do anything right right now. The big thing that I worry about, quite honestly, is that these turnovers, especially the live ball turnovers, is starting to become a bigger trend. Look at the Clipper game from Saturday. They had, what, 20, 20 plus turnovers in that game? I, that That is, yeah. a, now granted, that is a season high. But at the same time, this, this team is getting sloppier and sloppier as they're trying to create any kind of offense outside of Kemba Walker. And that's the big thing that I'm starting to see now. This team is starting to get desperate in terms of who can score, who can't score. And we trying to take the load off of Kemba Walker, because as we've seen, he's worn down. Nick is starting to do the thing, the high risk, high, high reward play again uh, in bunches. And now it's starting to infect the rest of the team in terms of, okay, we got to do whatever we can to score even if it is a possible live ball turnover, we're going to keep going. We're going to, I'm going to go with it anyway, because I have no idea how we're going to score. It just comes back to the fact that the roster at this point outside of the starters is very flawed, which again, we kind of knew going into the season. Well, the problem, David, is that they can't put a, they're struggling to put a complete game together and, and really nail down the two or three things that, uh, Coach Clifford wants them to focus on in terms of not turning the ball over, getting back on defense, and rebounding the ball well. You know, when they when they shoot the basketball well, they turn the ball over. When they don't turn the ball over, they don't rebound well. It's just they can't. It just doesn't seem like the Hornets can put a complete game together on offense and defense. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Defense has gone to crap, right? Since the first of the year, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's just the fact of the matter. This team has not held an opponent below 100 points in, in three weeks in almost a month's time. I mean, that's just not the way this Hornets team or any of the Hornets teams that we've seen Clifford, you know, captain over these last couple of years, that, that's not the way they win. That's not the way they're built to win. They just don't have the guys out there to beat you on offense every night. So if they're not going to do it on defense, it's going to be very hard for them to win. Even if you know they're playing the turnover game where they're where they're not turning it over as much, and then when you add that in there, and when you add the fact that they just can't throw it in the ocean right now, 
it's it's all piling up. But the defense, Doug, has got to be the main thing to me. I mean, they they can't stop anybody. I, I definitely agree. You, they can't stop a nosebleed at this point. More importantly, like you said, and I, I would just ask you guys, when's the last time we've seen the Hornets play a complete game? When's the last time? Probably December. Uh, well, I, I, well, ja- that, uh, that stretch where they beat Portland and Toronto back to back, the January, the game. yeah, the January eighteenth and January twentieth, yeah, and that's the Toronto that the game was the last they, time the Hornets held an opponent under one hundred points as well. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So we haven't seen. We're about to not seeing a complete game from this team in basically about a month. We're four days away from it. More importantly, at this point. I, I guess the big thing with this is that I think we're starting to see guys quit. And that's the thing that starts that would scare me. We're starting to see guys just the lights go out, starting to get frustrated, starting. And when that happens, there's only one guy that we can, quote unquote, rely on to not quit. And that's Kemba Walker. And if he takes even more of a load on for this season, then. Who knows what's going to happen at that point? Yeah, I mean, the word that keeps coming to my mind when I watch th- this last game and then I think about the, the the past couple of games that they've lost is just inexplicable. Like watching um, MKG getting beaten off the dribble by um, by Saskia. <laughs> yeah, St- Um and then uh, Kimball Walker getting beat off the dribble by TJ McConnell. Look, McConnell's got great handles, uh, but you feel like Kimball Walker's got a good shot to stay in front of him uh, for for longer than he did. And then some of these closeouts by guys like Marco Bellinelli and Nick Batum. Uh, it's it's just inexplicable uh, how this could be happening. And Marco, you, you expect it from though. Nick, not so much. But do, but here's the thing: we we all talked about in the off season. Well, Clifford makes average to bad defender. Yeah, he can make a bad defender average right. and make an average right. defender better. And yeah. and that's not or happening. At least, that's why. That's yeah, he, what's inexplicable. Yeah, he can but, at least put together a unit that plays well as a team defensively. I mean, that's the thing that's been the defining characteristic of all of his teams. And I think that's what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, I think that's what everyone out here listening is trying to figure out, like, what is going on? Because you look at the pieces they lost. To me, the pieces they lost, and really we're talking about Lynn and Lee, and I, you can throw Al in there, but that is not enough to change the way this team is playing right now. I mean, do you guys think like those three pieces either together or collectively, that shouldn't make this difference between what they're doing right now and how they played, even at the beginning of the year? Let's talk about the comments that Steve Clifford had after the game. And to Steve Clifford's credit, he was taking ownership of, of what's happening out on the floor, especially defensively, you know, getting the guys ready to play and having them play disciplined basketball over the past couple of games. We've seen him take some ownership, but there's, there were some conflicting, uh, and maybe it's not conflicting. Maybe they are tied together, but there are some uh, some things that are playing off one another in these press conferences. I want to play you two clips, and then we'll talk about it first. Clifford on his responsibility to this team. Listen, I'm in charge of this. The majority of these guys are here largely because of me. Uh, or not largely, but Michael's great about if I don't like a guy, you know, we don't take him. These are the guys that I want. I think we should be better than we're playing. We haven't gotten better. Haven't gotten better. And that starts with me, and it's always going to be the head coach and the best players. Okay, he says it starts with him, but then he ends his press conference with this very interesting comment. 
as a good friend of mine used to say, they're still the first and the 15th. They're still happy whether we're winning or losing. And that's what you fight in this league, okay? So now uh, you get into situations like tonight, you find out who is into the team, you know, who is into the Hornets, who is into the city. They all say the right things, but we'll find out. We'll find out. That's a strong way to end a press conference. Uh, Nada, what do you take away from those two clips? The first thing is I, I, I do appreciate Cliff taking it on the chin, per se, about the roster, kind of confirming what everybody's heard for the last little bit, that Steve Clifford does have a very big influence on the players that are brought in here. Yeah. The second part that that really does stick it, stick with me is that they're happy in the first and the 15, no matter what, and finding out who's going to fight because – Quite honestly, if we're honest, there's only one guy that came to play. It was Kemba Walker. Everybody else, uh, again, and to a, to a lesser extent, Jeremy Lamb. But outside of that, I mean, your new $13 million guy, the guy that you had to bring back for chemistry reasons, Marvin Williams, he's not showing up. Or maybe Father Time is caught up. I, I mean, while it's nice to say, Yes, we have. It's not. It's not. While it's nice to say, okay, I I brought these guys in. You also have to answer it for the guys that you vouch for and didn't show up in Marvin Williams. Yeah, I mean, David, we talk about all the time that this team is is built the players that they bring in, and we had speculated that they were players that Steve Clifford could coach that that we, that Steve mm-hmm. Clifford wanted to coach, and that that Steve Clifford believed uh, could be better. And they make a lot of gambles on players that maybe had down years. But they they do that because they think that those players can come into the organization and be made better by Steve Clifford. So some of that responsibility, when they do not, has to go to the head coach. Yeah, to me, this is about as close as you'll get to Steve Clifford just calling guys out in a press conference. I mean, that was his kind of way of doing that, in my opinion, because this team talks about all the time, you know, the guys they bring in are high IQ guys. Um, they're not the most talented team, probably um, offensively, certainly, but they play hard every night. That's their thing. You know, they don't turn the ball over. They play smart. They play the right way. They talk on defense. They move the ball. And so he's going after, I think, a little bit of their pride in some of those comments and challenging them to come back and play the way that he's seen them play in the past. But it is interesting that he takes a lot of that uh, on himself, Nada. And yeah, you're right. I mean, it confirms what we thought just that I think that MJ, uh, Cho, and Steve Clifford, like that's a collective effort when they're putting a lot of these teams together. Clearly, I mean, clearly, which is a you should do that, right? You should if you don't have a, it should a be a triumvirate. It should be a triumvirate. Right. The one right. thing I would I would caution you about is I'm not sure how much input Rich has in this anymore. I'm really not sure. I think Cho mm-hmm. might be there to balance. I think like a move like yesterday that was done to balance the books. That was a chill move. That's what they expect him to do. <laughs> you don't think do. Clifford was like, I need to. <laughs> we need to be yeah, exactly. the Batman. <laughs> exactly. But, but basically, that's the chill move. But I'm not so sure that Clifford wasn't the one that said, yo, go get me Miles Plumlee right now. I need oh. somebody. Yeah. It, like, like, I think he has more to do with the personnel that is brought in. I don't think Rich Cho has nearly as much input as we start, we seem to think. So that's where, and that's, I guess that's the dichotomy for, for me at this point, because at some point, but again, I mean, when, when, if, if that were the strategy, 
Yeah. And a lot of speculation there. But if that were the strategy, that's not a bad strategy to have your coach say, this is the kind of player that I need. Right. Uh, find this a, is, find well, a, true. find a find way to, do, find works. a way to do that that doesn't hurt our team in the long term. That's, that's the bet. To me, that's the best strategy because what you don't want, what seems to not work is when a coach is also the GM. And trying to understand, like, because a coach wants a, a player, and sometimes that coach will go and get that if they are the GM as well. They'll go and get that player without regard for the long term health of the franchise because they could be fired at a moment's notice. So, so why don't you just say Larry Brown? Why don't you just say Larry Brown? <laughs> you, you were thinking it. I was thinking it. Everybody that's listening is thinking it. You might as well have just said Larry Brown. Just left it at that. Well, look, I mean, look at Detroit, right? I mean, look at a guy that Clifford's worked with, Dan Gundy. I mean, he's he's the head guy there on all fronts, um, and it's not going as smoothly at times uh, as they thought it would. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's difficult to do both jobs, I think, but that's kind of what we're saying. I mean, Clifford is coming as close to doing both jobs, if you think about it in that perspective, as you could without you know being the only guy in the office. I think it does make sense to have someone there to bounce it off of, and, and Cho's going to be like, well, that guy can work, but we can't make this guy work. Um, I think the bottom line is they're trying to make something. They're trying to flip some sort of switch and bring in something to shake things up. I mean, is it Miles Plumley? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. But if Miles Plumley for- is your answer, then you're answering yeah. the wrong question. Yeah, Let's well, and, and the issue, I think, with the Hornets team as well is that you, you don't have any depth at that center position. And so you didn't have it before the trade. And now with Cody Zeller's injury and then Miles Plumley going out of that game against Philadelphia, I mean, they had no shot to rebound the basketball. Very tough yeah. to win a game when you have no shot to rebound the basketball. When a team that's built on skill has to be extra physical, it's very, it's yeah. very tough. Uh, you're, so, yeah, you're asking Marco and, and you know, no shot to these guys, but yeah, you're right. It's just not. No, you're asking guys who are not used to playing. They're used to playing with other guys who that's their responsibility. It's their responsibility to go and, and chuck that guy as he's going to the rim. It's their responsibility to box out. It's not my responsibility on other teams. And now it has to be their responsibility and they're not stepping up. So a lot more to talk about on this. We'll get to it through the rest of the week. We've got the All-Star break coming up. So we've got plenty of time uh, to look back on this um, more than first half of the season and and talk about what's what's gone wrong. Uh, But I want to talk about this news that came down the wire. A a new giveaway game, (laughs) surprise giveaway game, March 18th. Hornets playing the Wizards. Cam Newton bobblehead night. Cam Newton in a Buzz City Knights jersey doing the Superman pose. Thank God he's not dabbing. I can't. I, I've see, I keep seeing these kids dab on the jumbotron, and it's just to me, it's bad parenting. You gotta, you gotta oh, sit. We need a PSA. We need a PSA. Like, sit down with your kids. Parenting? Well, yeah. Look, well, I, I'm not a parent, so I guess I'm, I'm sort of maybe talking out of school here, but. Um, no, 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 no. We have, but we have an expert right now. We have Father of the Year, David Walker. Yeah, David. This is you can't let your kids dab. That I mean, the the aggressive like repeat dab over and the over again. Dab. Well, look. I mean, Tom Brady's son was dabbing at the oh, Super Bowl. It's so, bad. I, mean, I just listen. We're not going to use Tom Brady as an example. Shining example. You got to teach your. <laughs> you got to tell your kids that you know the things. You got to teach them about trends and, and trends. things. They 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 come and they go and. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's just a bad situation. This is not good. I, I, we're not there's no dabbing going on in my house. I think we took a wrong turn here. There's your get back to the bobblehead at night issue. <laughs> 
Wait, 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 this is what we normally do. We normally take the wrong left turn at Albuquerque. What are you That's talking true. about, David? That's <laughs> fair enough. Just yeah, there's no we're 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 a dad free house right now. See, see, father of the year, David Walker, y'all. Father of the year, David Walker. <laughs> I just feel, I, I just, like. Hey, I like this bobblehead. Uh, I like this crossover. Well, here's I what I here's coming. what I want to know about the bobblehead. This bobblehead looks exactly like Cam Newton. Why can't what, what's what's the deal with the other bobbleheads? Who is the bobblehead maker in this instance that crafts this this fine piece of artwork that looks exactly like Cam Newton? Doug, don't ask questions you don't want it the answers to. <laughs> don't ask don't ask questions you don't want the answers to. I did, think, I did think Kimba's starting lineup looked a lot like Marcus Aldridge. But oh, it did. I think that's kind of the fun part when you get those and you're like, now who do you think this looks like? It's like a Rorschach test, right? Yeah, well, this Look, one. It's a bad. It's a bad episode of I know black people when they do this. <laughs> 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 All right, last fun thing: Michael Jordan, owner of the Charlotte Hornets, stepping in to mediate this situation, this um, fracture in the New York Knicks franchise between the owner James Dolan and Charles Oakley, former. Uh, Knicks legend Michael Jordan and Commissioner Adam Silver uh, stepping in to basically mediate a call between these two and Adam Silver releasing a statement afterwards that basically said they're they're going to make nice. What do you guys think about Michael Jordan stepping in and being uh, sort of this unicorn owner who was a former player who sort of sees both sides of the issue coming in and um, uh, basically making nice between these two? Well, remember, we got to remember that not that long ago, Charles Oakley was a coach on this Charlotte, uh, in, in oh, the Charlotte yeah. franchise. We remember. Let's uh, not forget I, about I, that. I pitched that Oakley is, night yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but more importantly, more importantly, Charles Oakley, Charles Oakley and Michael Jordan have had this famous history of being road mm-hmm. dogs for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, if Charles Oakley was going to call anyone and had any, again, we know Michael doesn't do much for m- most people, but for Oak, he he will do it because probably Oak knows where the bodies are buried. So, <laughs> oh, <therefore, come> on. <laughs> therefore, he's going to, again, he, Oak calls up Michael Jordan and says, okay, Mike, I need a favor. I need you to help broker some kind of peace before this gets ugly. And somehow James Dolan ends up with a broken leg. So therefore, <laughs> therefore, at this point, you're talking <laughs> about by again. I, I do think it's great that Michael is doing all this stuff. I would just prefer that he focus on his team that's won what six, seven. Well, no, not even that many, but five games since what January one. I, I would prefer the focus remain on that instead of playing peacekeeper right now. That that's just my my thoughts, David. What do you think? I'm tired my, of getting laughed at. My, Michael Jordan taking a a much bigger role in uh in the NBA in general. He was a, a major yeah. figure in the labor discussions, and now he steps in in this situation. What do you think about that? I think that's the big thing about all this. He's really becoming a figure that I don't think a lot of people saw him becoming, especially the first time respected. around. Respected guy, respected owner, of course, respected player. Um, so it's interesting that he was involved in this, but it makes sense, like for all the reasons Nada just said. So apparently it worked. I mean, didn't I think? Yeah, I think he's invited. I think Dolan's invited Oakley to a game. So um, I also think it's cool that Silver, 
you know, kind of kickstarted this thing off. Um, this may be like the unofficial start to All Star Weekend. This this phone call brokering because I'm sure they didn't want to go into All Star Weekend with this Knicks mess hanging over their heads. But um, yeah, the Knicks have been a mess for 30 years now. David, <laughs> come on now. Well, they don't need any more. They want to quiet this, and so they can have a good time in New Orleans. Um, you think but, the Knicks are going to stop them? Really? It's New Orleans. Who doesn't have a good time in New Orleans? <laughs> Adam Silver's got to hold like two or three press conferences. You think he wants to answer questions about Dolan medically all day? <laughs> no, then he'll order he'll order a reporter a couple of grenade hand grenades and they'll be they'll be perfectly fine and they'll forget the question ever existed. Trust me. <laughs> well, I want to know where MJ was calling in from. I can't believe that has not been reported. Um, Mar-a-Lago. Okay. He's he's uh, in the North Korea discussions as well. That's how he's, he's <laughs> highly respected, Michael Jordan, hey. both both in hey, foreign we're, policy hey, and, and New York Knicks policy. Um, all right, uh, let's see what did I what did I want to get to before we left? Oh yeah, a, a few Twitter comments. Uh, James on Twitter saying thought Clifford's post game press conference was on the money. Did not make excuses. Outlined the team's issues perfectly. And Austin saying, sorry, but if the highest paid player only has 10 20 point games, you can't yeah. win in this league. Uh, referencing Nick Batum. Oh, uh, let's see. Matt saying, I know what a 9 and 10 seed looks like, and it's this Hornets team. Ceiling right now is the 8 seed, even that's healthy. That's exactly correct. <laughs> he's exactly <laughs> he's right. He's not wrong. He's, he's mathematically wrong. and factually correct. Well, I think he's, he's, he's making a, a statement on how they will end. And and that's well, you know I, I, if I, I, probably like this he's not wrong right. Uh, well, I think that's but, but Doug. I do think that's one thing to keep in mind here, guys. I mean, they started off so hot and they've nosedived. I mean, they have fallen off with frankly an impressive uh, nosedive. But they're uh, what a half, one and a half games out of eighth. I mean, it looks horrible right now. But thanks to the East, you know, they're not out of it. True, but at the same time, do you really want to be one and a half games out of getting your well, seed out in four? No, I mean that's a different. Yeah, the eighth seed, the eighth seed is out of the playoffs. That's the thing. If you're yeah. not, if you're not seventh, right. you you're you are officially out. Um, Keith uh, writing to us on uh, via email buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com. If losing at home to the depleted roster of the 76ers doesn't get the draft positioning talks going for this podcast, I don't know what will. At this point, we have to lose big and get at least a top 10 draft pick. Please talk about draft options on tomorrow's oh, no, podcast. No, Keith, it's no. not time. Keith, I just want <laughs> hold. just hold on. Just hold on just a little Can longer. Can we wait till after the trade deadline? Yeah, we got to wait till after the trade deadline. We got to wait till after the All Star break to, to get into that discussion. Uh, but I promise it's coming. And I've got some strong thoughts about a certain big man that plays for Wake Forest right now. I feel like. Oh, what? Yeah, I feel oh. like. Jeez! Oh yeah, I've, I've got I some. Know. Listen, I've got some. I've got some thoughts about a couple of. Uh, po- That's the thing that people don't understand. I've been scouting. Well, not, not a little scouting, just a little <laughs> scouting. That's what people don't understand. The top ten in this draft, it's all guards. And I don't yeah. know if that's that's the answer to the Hornets' prayers. So, well, well, yes and no. Here's the thing: the top ten in this draft, outside of marketing out of um, Arizona, is literal is, is all guards, like you said. The one thing about that ten to twenty range, you get names like Adebayo, right? Collins, Adebayo, yeah, Collins. There's there's some interesting, there's some intriguing big men. Swanigan, if he decides to come out, is an interesting name, even though he is undersized. There's a couple of there's a lot. I of like I like Swanigan because there's a lot of Twitter uh, there's a lot of Twitter opportunities there. Swanigan, no, 
See now, now you've made me hate again. It. Swanigan, there's some good stuff there. I that's why I, that's what I would draft for. I draft for punts. Okay, that would put you perfectly with the, there's the your rest draft of this front, front, front. Exactly. There, there you See, go. See, this is not <laughs> this is not what you want yet, Keith. Keith, you want deep analysis, <laughs> and and it's it, that's got to come later. This is. All right, uh, that's I'm all the time. I'm not there to slap Doug in the sense, so therefore <laughs> it's, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> that's all the time we have for this edition of Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks to our friends at Frame Warehouse for sponsoring this episode. Visit framewarehouse.net and find a location near you and get that framing project done. Thanks to our special guest, Nada Edwards. Nada, we'll get you back on. Don't worry. We're not going to wait another year. We're, you're, I, I want You better not. Well, listen. You better not. I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like you're in a groove now up north. I just, we just wanted to give you space, give you time. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Right. Follow us uh-huh. on Twitter, at Locked on Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes while you're there. Give us a five-star review. Help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts on Twitter or to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tomorrow with a preview of this upcoming game against the Toronto Raptors. Hopefully, hopefully they can get it back on track. That's the last time the Hornets held an opponent to under 100 points. Maybe they get it back on track against Toronto uh, Uh, in Toronto. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked on Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m.